welcome to this episode of The Making of an Exception. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field you find yourself in. Each week, we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today, and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. If this podcast has impacted your life, you can help support by going to our website, exceptionpodcast.co, and clicking the Patreon link or by finding it in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support, and thanks for listening. Welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. Today, we've got a good friend. I love this dude with my whole heart. Uh, He is the founder of Shepherd Goods, the founder of Lamb Chops Clothing Apparel, uh, an an amazing company that has been growing for years. But his name, I'll give you his name, Jordan Dye. What's up, Jordan? What's up? Thank you for having me. Yeah, bro. Thanks thanks for being here. I think the world of you. Uh, I've known you uh, over these last three years, uh, being up in Minneapolis and uh, just seeing from a distance uh, what you're building, uh, you know, uh, kind of a small business owner that's growing influence. Uh, Now your clothing is literally around the world. Uh, people are repping it, and uh, just to see the yeah the brand grow, uh, seeing you do season after season, it's kind of like watching somebody do it. Uh, you know, is it going to tire out or is it going to keep going? And you keep trucking forward with new product, new ideas, um, and uh, it's just been amazing to watch from a distance, but also to know you as a person uh, and and seeing some of your journey and your family journey. So uh, again, thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Uh, Thank te- you. Yeah. Tell us, tell us just about the company that you're building, where it's at right now. Uh, what, yeah. What you guys are doing. For sure. So um, start Shepherd Goods about yep. six-ish years ago, yep. 2012. Yep. Um, so kind of, I was, I was working in a at Phenom, uh, yep. which is who I partnered with on, on this store. Um, yeah. But as, basically a sneaker and clothing store um and yep. we had a print shop in the back so yeah started started talking to the owner of phenom about um initially we kind of started talking about uh i was going to bethel at the time yep. so we were talking about faith and yep. um i didn't even know you went to bethel yeah it's amazing yeah, yeah so i went for like two years yeah um but yeah we were we kind of started talking about faith and um his my the owner of phenom's brother was a pastor and yeah um just kind of started, he, he felt like Christians kind of shove their faith down your throat and yeah, yeah. Um, just kind of force it, force it on you. So we talked about um, the concept of doing like a clothing line with a kind of Christian backing. Message, yeah, yeah. Um, but to kind of spark that conversation and for, not not necessarily geared towards Christians, but to, you know, yeah, essentially anybody everybody. Out there, yeah. Um, but to really spark that conversation and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so the name Shepherd Goods comes from Jesus a Good Shepherd. Yeah, amazing. Um, and that was so that was kind of the the beginning of it. Um, so the point the point of that is saying, hey, we're gonna do a clothing company, but we 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 wanted to have a message uh, yeah. and make a difference and beyond was, just doing cool it's, clothes. It's funny like now because it's like there's so much um, like positive and like just good messages behind yeah. clothing lines, um, but it felt like at the time five, six years ago. And it wasn't, and when I was in high school and stuff, it was like a lot of guns and naked girls and stuff like that. And it's like, I was, you know, when I was in high school, I was going with my mom to these sneaker shops and stuff. And yeah, it's like, geez. So it was, that was kind of some of the main reasonings of, of kind of getting started. And I was like, you know, we have a print shop with might as well try it out. Um, and then I ended up kind of just running with it. yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so six years later, uh, you've got you've got a storefront uh, downtown Minneapolis. Uh, you're selling online uh, SG lamb chops, uh, uh, and and uh, anything else right now. You just you just recently released a whole shorts line, yep, yep. Uh, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, just talk about a- any other angles of the business right now For that, sure. that's building. Um, so just got back from Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, actually, this morning. Um, did a pop-up shop out there. Nice. So that was like our first out-of-state pop-up shop. 
Yeah. Um, so it was cool. How'd it go? That. It was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was through. nice. Uh, yeah. It's nice, like, just, I don't know, getting their feet in the water and um, just we got a bunch of friends out. out there too. Yep, yep. Yeah. So it, it worked out nice. Had a LA's. It's you know it's so spread out, but it, it was nice. We had had a solid turnout for our first one, and um, yeah. But that's that's kind of starting to try to do more of the out of state pop ups. Yeah. Um, shorts have been because you had been doing a, you had, you had been doing them locally. Mo- yeah, like, yeah, Minneapolis, pretty much all the time. Um, I feel like that was kind of before the storefront. That yeah, was yeah. like your so way that was, to get product in front of people for sure, for sure. So that was leading up to it. Did a lot of um of the in in state uh, yep. Minnesota pop ups, and then. That was kind of what led me to. What other really cities you trying to go to? Where, where, um, LA, so right now, yeah, right now I'm working on Seattle, yep. Denver, probably Phoenix, Miami, Chicago. Those yeah. are the main focuses right now. Yeah, yeah. nice. Um, so New York, go to like, New York. Bro. Yeah, New York yeah. too. New York yeah. too. Um, nice. So hopefully, like by spring, um, yeah. get kind of at least a couple more of those knocked All out those spots. Yeah, yeah. So. And you're about to talk about the shorts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that that's been like super nice for um, summer, especially. Yep. Uh, now it's getting a little colder, so it's tougher out here. Um, but that's that's part <laughs> people of like people will still wear. No, for sure, it's for sure. A <laughs> that is true. That is true. It's a guarantee. You'll look like an idiot out there with thirty degree, thirty thirty below zero in the sh- uh, lamb chop shorts. Right, right. But um, they'll they'll wear them, dude, because people are yeah, people are wearing these. They're yeah, all I, over. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been it's been great. Um, Somehow my older brother in Miami has them, <laughs> yeah, right, which right. is amazing. He's got like three pairs, I think. Right, uh, right. Yeah, he's been. He's like, yo, you know Jordan Dye? I was like, yes, I know. <laughs> How do you know him? And I think it was Karasev. Shout, yep, yep. shout out yeah, to him Jason. And yep. yeah, yeah, and Ethan. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Shout out both of them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's part of also doing the pop-ups, um, yeah. like in Miami, Phoenix. Um, yep. Being able to still keep those shorts going. Yeah. Um, uh, I got a question. All yep. these shorts, they got the colors of basketball teams. Yep, yep. For the, talk, yeah, talk about that. So there's, like, started with the Timberwolves. Yeah. Um, You're a huge T-Wolves fan. Yeah, yep. You so, go to almost every game. I try to. Try to, you know. Yeah, um, even when they're out of town, you yeah, go yeah. to those cities. <laughs> yep. Partially yeah, so because just, you know um, you know some of the players. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, went to the Wolves-Clippers game in L.A. and then yeah. Wolves-Lakers last night, so that was fun. Tough wow. losses, but. Um, Lost both of them. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. But, um, yeah, it's been, like, started, again, started with the Timberwolves as kind of the main inspiration. Yeah. And then just kind of branched off of those and, like, did, like, a Vikings genius, slash bro. Lakers colorway. So kind of, you know, genius. Multi- multiple markets that it, that it reaches. And um, they kind of like a Bucks colorway, which is kind of like a, also like a little Gucci oh, playoff yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, so just different, different stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm... That's like it's been fun. I wish I could just like design shorts, no, <laughs> nonstop because there's like so much that you can do with them. I remember, uh, I remember early on, it like, well, I don't know if it was early on, but some of the first gear I got, um, it was it was probably from the print shop days, uh, and you, and it's developed to like, uh, you know, there's a, the difference between doing your own like press and print like out of the trunk of your car type thing to then actually making your own clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that journey been like? Uh, yeah. Again, cause, cause anybody, literally anybody can go out there, print their own shirt, yep, yep. you know, uh, and say they got a business, but, but you're actually producing like with the zippers, like the zippers are unique to you. You're like this clothing's being made. You're not actually sewing it, but you got people sewing for you. Yep, you got, yep. uh, you traveled around the world to get some of this product that you've been out in Hong Kong looking mm-hmm. at, like, I mean, just in shops, like, shopping for your product um what's that journey been like to make it from just like printing your own shirts to now full-fledged clothing company for sure um it's definitely been a journey um definitely like learned a lot through it um through mistakes and kind of just jumping into it essentially um so i i used to actually have like a seamstress in uh st paul yep that i would just bring i'll just go to the fabric store and bring her a bunch of different fabrics and then like some shorts or yep. I did a, a lot of like shorts, button downs, um, and like little joggers. Yep. But at that time I was doing probably one to five of each. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was actually, that's how I started lamb chops, um, yeah. was just doing those. Like so shepherd goods was the print and yep. then starting to make your own clothes. Yeah. Yep. So that's actually yeah. where the, so kind of the name actually kind of came from, I wanted to play off of shepherd goods, um, yeah. kind of go along with that. But the name kind of came from like the cut and sew or the chop and sew. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
so just essentially from scratch. Um, but yeah, that's been like, I enjoy that stuff a lot more because it's like, I get yeah. to be able to create the cut of it and, and yeah. all that. Um, yeah, the fit. yeah. Yeah. So uh, like the sweatpants and, uh, shorts and sweatshirt and stuff are all just, you know, you got chains, you got everything for sure. For sure. So that's it's amazing. It's, um, yes, yeah, to me, it's a lot more fun. Cause I have a lot more like freedom to create with that. Yeah. Whereas like for a lot of screen printed and stuff like that, it's just like getting a blank shirt and yeah. printing it. And like you said, it's like, and I feel the same way. It's like, anyway, I can do that. Yeah. Um, which sometimes gets frustrating because it's like, there's certain pieces where it's like, I'll just like, this is a yeah. blank with a embroidery on it. Yeah. And it's like one of these, the little micro sheet putties are like one of the best sellers, but it's like, I don't feel like I really did much for yeah, it, yeah, you don't feel like <laughs> which, you, you know, yeah. it's like, it's part of the branding and everything, but, um, yeah. I would much rather, you know, do the shorts make, yeah. and the make my own. And that part of it's, 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 it's taken off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's been really nice. And that's, um, part of the issues with that is like the minimums and, and yeah. stuff like that. So like, yeah. How to scale yep, yep. and not be bankrupt while, yep. you're, while you're scaling. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, that's been, that's been fun. I started working, um, with this, uh, manufacturer in China yep. about two and a half fish years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, you flew there. How did you find Yeah, I went out place? there. So there's, um, Alibaba. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's basically yeah, totally. yeah. drop. So, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of spent a couple of years, honestly, just going through it, checking yep. out different ones, getting samples from different ones. Yeah. Um, and then finally, finally found one that, that I really liked. And, um, yeah, it was fun, like going out there and like meeting everyone out there and they just like. It was, it was like the most, they were so hospitable, like took us yeah. out to, to like, took us to like this karaoke spot and like, <laughs> they're like ready massages to hang. and yeah. stuff. No. Like the they're like yeah. first night we're in a, no business. Like we're just, yeah. we're taking you guys out. That's amazing. So it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, and then being able to go see, I mean, there's just so much yeah. out there. It's just like blocks and blocks of just fabric shops. And yeah. So it's like, it's. It's fine. I really want to go back. It was like an amazing experience. And you're still working with them. Yep. 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 So are they the ones that make the little cleavers and like, so they do like the zippers, they do like all the pants, yeah, yeah. um, the shorts, um, like the side zipper sweatshirts, yeah, yeah. um, all that stuff essentially. Amazing. So yeah, they're, they're awesome. They're, they do a really good job. Yo, that's crazy. Uh, what, what are some of the things that you're dreaming about for this business? Like in the future, uh, like, or uh yeah i mean are there is or is it just keep trucking you know season after season i would say um I, a little bit of just keep trucking um but also like the the out-of-state pop-ups are kind of like the biggest focus right now yep. um and just expanding that especially having the shop in minnesota is kind of a home base now yeah um as well as online yeah, you don't have to pop up here because you're right you're right always open so there. that's really nice and then i mean we have the flexibility of being able to do like events and essentially pop-ups yeah at the shop so it's that that has been like really nice with that yeah how um, did you how did you get into like the fashion world uh like wanting to deal with clothes like there's not a lot of people that are like yeah let me go pick out my own fabric and take it to this sewing lady right, in St. Right, right. Paul to make my own like little button down shirt right like, nobody's doing that <laughs> for sure know? so the fact that you got into that is insane but then also talk about your style of like the streetwear style that you have uh and and uh you know when I when I look at it but also look at who's wearing it I mean you're like you're with like athletes wear it, like hip hop artists wear it. Uh, I mean, well-known people, I mean, that are wearing it. Like there's just a specific style. I'm sure it's just true to who you are, but mm -hmm. how, yeah. How did you go about picking the style you wanted? So I'd say, um, like getting into it to yeah. start. Um, so my dad was uh, a huge Chicago Bulls fan grew yeah. up in Chicago. So I was born like a month after they won their first championship. No. So, or when, That's when, when why MJ was on. Jordan. So yeah, I was named, so I was named after Michael Jordan. No. So, <laughs> so, what? so then like yes. I uh my dad like would buy me all Jordans growing up. Is your middle name Pippin? No. <laughs> no, Daniel. Tell me. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um but yeah, he it was funny because like he'd buy them like as I was growing up and like yeah. in middle school and stuff, and then uh Michael Jordan retired. And yep. it was like, <laughs> my dad thought that they were going to stop making Jordans basically. Yeah. So like bought like the, 
that year's for like a couple years out of like, or a couple sizes out. No. <laughs> and then it's funny, like now it's like there's a new Jordan every time. 50 yeah. new Jordans coming out every weekend. Yeah. So um, that was that was like really how I got into it because then I that turned into I just was big into shoes in high yeah. school and um, which translated into clothing as well. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I, I guess I'll let you finish asking no, the question, no, but I've got more questions. Yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. no, talk about the style too. Like, uh, well, I guess. Part of it's like Jordan shoes and all that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, the style that it's speaking to a- athletes, hip hop artists, all of that. Um, I mean, it's just streetwear. Do you think you'll ever grow out of that? It, will it always stay true to you? Will it stay true to now? The brand is a brand, you know. Um, I think it definitely will evolve. Um, like I haven't done much as far as like more button downs and stuff um, yeah, yeah. since like those first ones, uh, and those ones were like very different. They're like very just. I would go like find the craziest patterns I could find basically. Yeah. Um, and again, those I started kind of making for myself, just like, you know, some random pieces. Um, and that's actually when I kind of started getting in with like a lot of the hip hop artists and stuff. Um, cause I, I I made like my first batch of, um, like shorts and button downs and like, I remember it was like a couple of the shorts didn't even have like one, one of them had like one pocket or like a one side <laughs> pocket and like yeah. just random. Like it was yeah. just like all over the place. Um, and Mac Miller and his people were in town like the weekend after I picked him up. Yeah. And so, and my buddy like did a lot of, uh, his DJs after party stuff. Yeah. So we like went and picked him up and brought him around that weekend. And so you knew him and he just passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, I, I didn't know, um, Mac as well. I met, I met him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but you know, some of his crew. Yeah. Have, yep. have, has there been any connection like since then with those guys? Yeah. I, um, processing? I, I ran into, um, his like manager and yeah. kind of his right hand man. Um, actually when I was in California this last weekend, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's tough. Cause it's, um, I see like a lot of like my friends in that, yeah. like he, he just has like a very close friends group and they just, they did everything together and we're just yeah. like, you know, just yeah. having a good time. And, um, and then it's just like, yeah, I, like, I can't imagine again, I, I've met him a couple of times, but it was not, it was not like super close with him. Yeah. Um, but like to see their, how they interacted and stuff yeah. was just like. I can't imagine like losing one of my friends like that because I know yeah. how close they were. It is family, yeah. Um, and again, it's just it's one of those kind of came out of I nowhere. Mean, and part, yeah, I'm sure it's just shocking. Um, you know, and some of the some of the the world that you get to see and the reach that you have, the influence that you have, uh, is is for sure in a world that I, I don't have that same reach. You know, uh, but do you see do you see a lot of guys struggling with the same type of stuff that Mac was like just battling? Uh, you know, just living it up, but also trying not to kill themselves, you know? Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah. Um, like, especially in that realm more so, or just like in the entertainment industry, it's tough. Um, especially when, you know, you, it's like you come up and all of a sudden, like for Mac, I mean, he was 14, 15 and starts blowing up and then it's like, you have everything at your fingertips and all the money you could ever imagine, all yeah. that. And it's just like, you know, once you kind of fall into that and tough to tough to break free of that and yeah and whatnot. So Yeah. Uh well, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, is especially being young, you get all this money, all this fame, anything's at your fingertips. Uh, you know, it's easy it's easy for somebody uh just disconnected from that world to to go Oh man, yeah, he's just living in sin and got got what he got, you know. Uh, and hopefully, there's nobody saying that. But but I think there's an attitude sometimes, like, yeah, they're, you know, they're living it up. What did you expect, type mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it, it's it's easy to forget. Like, man, if you were 14 years old and you had millions of dollars coming into your bank account, mm-hmm. and you had with that the pressures of people around you, right, right, that are grasping for what you got. And grasping to know you, and then the fame, you know. You know wh- what does people do with that? I'm a firm believer that humanity, we were not created to carry any level of fame on our yeah. own. You know, mm-hmm. that's a God thing. You know, and and we and we deflect anything that would come to us. We got to deflect. And when we as humans start letting that creep in on us, you know, I'm not saying that that 
people are grasping for it. Some people are grasping for that fame and that money, but even when it comes at you and you didn't even really ask for it, it just, you have it. Um, and you're, and you don't know to deflect. I mean, it's a killer. I mean, it literally is, um, because we weren't made to hold fame like that because we weren't made to be worshiped. You know, we were made to worship, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's just a, that's a tough thing, and I know that I know that uh, you knew him, and you know some of that that crew, and uh, just yeah, it's a it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you uh, on a different topic. Just I here's here's a world I don't understand at all. I have no idea, like a world I know nothing about, and it's a it's the sneakerhead world. Mm-hmm. So you know it, <laughs> you you're in it, you understand how it works, but I just don't get it. I don't understand how I I see fourteen year old kids <laughs> yeah, right. wearing fear of God shoes. Like I don't how does how does it happen or Jordans? I mean the, you got you you got kids walking around with two thousand dollars shoes on their feet. How how does that happen? Where do they find that stuff? Mm-hmm. How do we know about the releases of this? Right, right. Yeah, I'm not even trying to get in on it because <laughs> right. because it's too much money, but but I'm just saying what is that what is that world? I don't know anything about it. Um I was like I can't speak on it as much now yeah. because it's like I'm I haven't really been in that as much and it's Bro, like you got Jordans so on your feet right now, dog. <laughs> so I got I, I, these are for, I bought them in high okay. school. <laughs> okay. So um in high school I was like super into it. Yeah. Um so like I would be camping out and yep. um again it was very different then. Like I would show up uh, there'd be one or two, maybe three releases a month. Yeah. Versus like now it's like I I'm maybe more, I guess, but now it's there's just so many you can't even keep up. Out. Yeah. Um but it was like it was a lot of fun because it was like we'd go, me and one or two of my buddies would go to Mall America, camp out from like four or five till six or seven. They would open a little early and get the shoes and be, a lot of times it was like the same group of people. Yeah. So like, and at that time it was like, there's maybe like 25, 30 of us that yeah. like would kind of be throughout. Um, so for like most of high school, that was, it was a lot of fun just doing that. Yeah. And there's, um, I mean, there's so many sneaker websites and stuff to like keep up. Yeah, somebody was telling me like, yeah, I just I, I got this app and it's yeah, like, oh yeah, it's like this, you know. So I didn't pay now full, it's, I didn't pay full price for them. Right, like, yeah. Now it's crazy. It's like, There's all kinds. Yeah, so of are like you saying you paid and, more than full price? Because, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just so crazy. like it's a whole another thing. It's now. A and then Instagram yeah, yeah. and stuff like this. When I was collecting, it was before Instagram was really even a thing. Yeah. So it was like that. It was so much like to find a pair of shoes that you were like really looking for was yeah. like so much. Now it's like oh. Still got Instagram. I can find it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. How um, many pairs of shoes do you have? Don't lie to me. <laughs> um, probably like two twenty-five. Two hundred and twenty-five <laughs> pairs of shoes. Where the heck do you put those? Where are um, they? They can't be in your house. No, nah, I got probably forty. Nah, probably you have a storage facility for your shoes. The rest are like at, at my shop? parents' place in Denver. Oh, your parents' place, and then a little bit in 200 Seattle. Two hundred. And some in Seattle. (laughs) Kind of spread out. This is what people do with money. (laughs) They put them in banks, offshore accounts, and you're putting shoes. This is insane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a world I know nothing about. I mean, mm -hmm. I got four pairs of shoes, and I wear them until they're worn out. It's funny now. I buy a new pair, yeah. Pretty much the same shoes every day, so it's like. (laughs) Yeah, what do you do with I guess it's an investment, too. There are some, like, now that it's, like, winter and stuff, or, like, fall, winter, I'll start wearing more of them. Like summer is just like, I don't know, just wear vans every day. Yeah, no. I mean, you could wear a new pair of shoes every day. And <laughs> there was a little stretch in, in high school where I was like trying to do that. And then I was like, this is probably doing a little too much. <laughs> too stressful. Yo, that's insane, bro. Okay. So uh, tell me about, tell me about your upbringing, your family sure. life and all that. Uh, just love to hear just, uh, obviously this, this podcast, the making of an exception, the fact that you live in the way you are, uh, scale on a business and in a world that you are, even the fact that, you know, talk about the Mac Miller story and stuff like that. I mean, you're in you're in rooms that sometimes are pretty tough, um, but you're trying to be a light in those rooms. I know you well enough to know that. But, um, you know, how how were you raised? Because uh, that's that's what this is, too. It's like, what's the faith component in the fact that you're in a world that you are, but you love Jesus, you know, which is amazing. Um, but... Yeah, and I know your family a little bit, but tell those that are listening that don't know. Um, yeah, what kind of family were you raised in, raised in the church and all that? So I would say, um, like that's probably the biggest. Um, so I, I was raised in a Christian family. Yeah. Um, both my parents, my dad's dad was a pastor. Yeah. Um, your grandpa was a pastor. Yep. Nice. Yep. Um, so like, 
I don't know that I would be able to be doing what I'm doing right now um, yeah. without that foundation. Yeah. Because, um, again, like you see these instances where it's, yeah. you know. It gets crazy, um, yeah. And, you know, when I lived in Los Angeles and stuff and stuff like that, there's been times where I felt like I'm kind of slipping away and yeah. um, have always just had that foundation there. So that's been that's been huge. Like, I, again, I don't. I don't know if I'd be able to yeah. be doing this and um, totally. without that foundation. What was it like as a kid growing up? Like, and and really like personally, your like relationship with the Lord. Like, this is how I'm being raised. But mm-hmm. uh, at what point is it real for you? And 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 then also as you're going in, and and probably some places at times growing up as we all were. Every person listening has been in a place that they knew they shouldn't have been. So we've all been there. Um, but you, now you got this voice in your head going, you know, you know you shouldn't be here mm-hmm. type thing. Um, but, yeah, what was it like, you know, through middle school, high school, stuff like that? So I would say, um, like, growing up, I, would, I went to, a, like, private Christian school pretty much yeah. from kindergarten through college. Yeah. Um, so, like, growing up, it was very... Sheltered in a way, I guess, obviously. Yeah. Um, but also it was nice because I had, I went to a small Christian high school yep. and it was like right down the street from the public one. And yeah, a lot of my friends were there. Yeah, at, you're connected. At, yeah. So it was nice. I had like Coop and Colin were both. Yeah. At, yeah. At shout out. Yeah. Shout out Colin. Shout out Coop. Um, if you need a, if you need a fitness trainer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Colin um, so that was really nice. Like, ha- again, having yeah. that foundation being um just going to a christian school having that non-stop um yeah there which i then i would say going into college um was also you know again i went to bethel so it was also yeah. still kind of sheltered yeah, in and, school, yeah. um at that time it kind of it was like i think i felt like i was getting so much just like in classes and stuff that yeah. i was like wasn't going to church as much as i would have yeah. liked to at the time. I went to uh, Vespers a couple times, but yeah, um, yeah. So you're saying since it's been baked in for your entire life, now as you're living your life, you're 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 just out of you're mm-hmm. kind of out of it because everything else is just it's right, it's just right. been ingrained. In so life, it right? was, I'd say it was kind of like because um, again I grew up in that like my whole life, so it was yeah. it was just came natural. And then um, my parents moved right after college yeah um so once that was up then or like once we stayed at my parents house for like a year after yeah. that yeah uh, i mean a couple of buddies and then once that was up i was like i either gotta find a place to live in minnesota yeah. or my buddy had an open room in los angeles yep um so i went out to los angeles for a year yep and i would say that's like when i really like my faith really became my own yeah um like the house I was living at got pretty hectic. Yeah. Um, we had like a studio there. So we had a lot of like rappers and producers yeah. and stuff that were in and out. So it was like, there's, there'd be nights where it's like 20, 25 people. Yeah, yeah. And then you wake up and it's another 20 different people. That's um, crazy. So like that Ill- was. Illegal substances everywhere. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah. yeah it that- got hectic. <laughs> it got hectic. Okay. Yeah. So the, that was like, um. Again, I I was like really the only one with outspoken faith. Um, yeah, it's not an, it's not to knock them, but no, but right, for right, you, right. Yeah, no, for you and your yeah, journey, well, it's super great people yeah. and, and everything. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, not to knock them, but you are the only one li- trying to live for Jesus in this house. So I'd say like the first first handful months was I just kind of was you know out there, yeah. whatever. Um, and then that's when I really kind of started feeling the need to get back into the just. What, what was the, that feeling like? Is it just feeling it, empty? Just feeling yeah, frustrated, um, just down. Um, yeah, and 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 in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I know what I need. Right, right, yeah, hundred percent. So again, coming back to that that um, foundation. So what did you do? You got plugged in somewhere. So I started. I started going to Mosaic yeah, out there. Amazing. Um, so that, I really, I really like Irwin. Um, yeah. Pastor Irwin McManus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. I never, never really got connected in there though. Um, and I, like, if I'm just, like, on my own, I usually yeah. am, like, pretty just, like, to myself. Yeah, So yeah. I was just going solo, and then I would go in and leave right after, basically. So yeah. I never really got plugged in. Yeah. Um, but then Luke and Alex came out, uh, yep. 
kind of price about six months. Yo, we're into giving living shout outs all day. Oh, yeah, long. all kinds of shout outs. Luke Chafin, <laughs> Alex Cruz. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so I came in, we went to um, Hillsong. Yeah. And knew Mikey. Yeah. Uh, the, the youth pastor. So yep. I got got connected in with him and became really good friends with him. Um, yeah. And then that, again, that was like, a, it was like a very life changing. Um, yeah. Just, I like it was the first time I really like enjoyed going to church like on yeah. my own. I would say, yeah. Um, like I was going morning and night sometimes, like drive, you know, driving <laughs> through LA. Oh, amazing, which yeah. I'd, Something has to be real happening, right? For you right. To do that. Yeah. So it was, and then again, it was, you know, started getting more plugged in there, meeting meeting more people and stuff, and yep. um, so that I mean, just having that f- the surrounding the people surrounding you, yeah. um, that was huge for me. Yeah. Rolling with good people. Um, and then it was cool. Cause it was like, I would be going to church and coming home. And then a lot of these guys would start asking me about it. And, um, yeah. a couple of them actually came with me a couple of times to Hillsong and amazing. So it's cool. It was like, it, you could really see it in that. Um, yeah. just how moving faith it can be and yeah. how like, um, yeah. did, did getting plugged in, getting with the right people, being at church, um, you know, the feeling of feeling empty, the feeling of being down, how, how did, and even living in that house, you know, where it's can be discouraging mm-hmm. and just seeing the wrong things, being around the wrong things, whatever. Like, it's just a tough spot. Did your life outside of church start to change too? Like feel just yeah, feeling better. Like, I don't know what mm-hmm. you're, what, yeah. How you're processing or feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely, um, I mean, again, it's like you're around 20 something people. So like, yeah. I felt like before it was like it would be a lot easier to just get, you know, fed up with some people or, yeah. um, you know, push your buttons the wrong yeah. way or something. Um, and then I, you know, I just felt a lot more patient, a lot more happy, yeah. just, um, yeah. And crazy. And then it was, I started hanging out with Mikey a lot more. Um, yeah. and it's, uh, again, that just kind of just having those. Mikey Juan was doing youth yep. stuff at Hillsong, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, that was like really, really big for me. Um, and again, just, that was like the first time that I really had to make faith my own. And I wasn't surrounded by like, I again, I was at Bethel, everybody around me is. Yeah. Everybody's Christian. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it was, it was good. I think it was really good for me. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. Like, not that you wish this on people, but like a season of like you grow up in church Again, so now I've got two daughters, so I don't know. Again, I don't know where I would stand in in wishing this on my daughters, but <laughs> like they're gonna grow up in it. They're gonna grow up in church. They don't have a choice. They're in my house, you know. But but just knowing that going to a place where you got to stand on your own uh, and figure out what you believe on your own uh, for you, obviously, it solidified this faith that you were raised in. You know, um, for other people, it doesn't always work like that where it's an off the rails situation for sure for sure um which is tragic but it's just crazy how being on your own and having to stand on your own and doing some of that searching that it can actually solidify and now it's now it's an unshakable thing you know who you are uh in christ and i know it's a churchy thing but like you know that 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 you're following jesus and the you're doing the best you can and uh which is awesome, you know, and so I think it's so cool to see. But I think about my daughters, like, uh, no doubt will they? It's not about wishing; they will have moments where they got to stand on their own. You right, know? right, totally. Uh, and I'm just hoping. And I don't know the best way as a parent to raise them in a way where, when they get to that point, they're set up for the best success. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, it solidifies that for them. This is also what they stand for. Too. Right, right, totally. Um, what was your What was your relationship like with your parents in just grow, growing up? And uh, just getting into the world that you're getting in, uh, and even being on your own, uh, feeling some of that stuff. Like, obviously, I know they're proud of you now. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I know them. You know, they're just right, right. pumped about your life and your business, all that you do, and they've always loved you, mm-hmm. no doubt. But um, you know, were they trying to speak into your life um, as their son, like in like, or were they always like, go, yeah, go, we love you, you know? Um, I would say, like, especially as I got older. Um, like high school and college, I feel like I started getting more, you know, 
saw saw the f- people that I was around and stuff, and yeah. um, you know, being uh, being able to be a light to them. Yeah, um, I think they really they saw that and really appreciated it. I think, yeah, and were very encouraging. Um, yeah, which was great. Totally, um, and still, you know, still are obviously. Um, but yeah, there there was never any like, I mean, you know, in high school and stuff, my dad was always didn't want me to listen to rap music and stuff. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like, you know, it, that kind of transition now, it's like hanging out with them and stuff and going to their shows versus like... Your dad rolls with you? No, no, no. Oh. I'm, just say, I'm just saying like going to these rappers, <laughs> okay. going like hanging out with these rappers and going to their shows and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but again, it was, you know, I understand that. And yeah. I, was, I was still in high school and stuff and that it, it does make an impact on you, what you're listening to and stuff. No um, doubt. So that was, you know... I would say that yeah, some of that more stuff, of the like extent of the it, house, like that yeah. type of stuff. Um, but no, I've always been extremely um, supportive of just that lifestyle and everything. Yeah. And because some parents, some parents, when when that's happening, it's like they'll, it's like they're they're coming down, like right, 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 like not having this and always calling and always. But to have parents that see, man, could could God get a hold of my child and could they be used to be a light in this dark place? Mm-hmm, and we're mm-hmm. going to choose to celebrate that versus be afraid of that. Um, I mean, props to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it really is. And they're, it's cool. Cause they've, they've met a lot of, of these people too. And, you know, are able to see the impact, make an impact themselves and stuff. Yeah. And um, it's cool. It's Man, I know, I, I know some, some parents, uh, out there where their their son or daughter gets hooked up with uh, a tougher crowd or just a different crowd, you know, and it's in it's it's instant judgment on them and and also just uh, I don't know if it comes out of a fear of like what if it, this takes my child down the wrong road, um, but also just hearing this story of your parents, you know, and how they they it's like they knew the amount of like space to give you mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. also the amount of love and affirmation and concern at times mm-hmm. to give you uh that somehow it worked you know right right yeah it, i was like know. i remember one time they actually came and visited the house in los angeles yeah and it was like i remember they went down into the studio and it was just like guy passed out down there and just you know i've been smoking all night and yeah just reeked and you know they just kind of joked about it but yeah. you know we're you know they trust me and stuff and it was so it was, it was funny. <laughs> like my mom always kind of jokes about that and stuff and stuff like that. But it's, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, they're not approving of that lifestyle. Right, right, right. But but, yeah, like, but they're like, yeah. They, yeah. It's just yeah, it's just crazy. It just it it. There's a level of like it reminds me about Jesus. Like he Jesus was hanging out with tough people, you know, and and uh, you know again your parents are laughing about it or whatever. They're not winking at the sin, right, but right, right, but they're just like. You know, to even be a person that's comfortable to walk in there and not to like do what are you doing? Right, all right. This, you totally. Know? Again, Jesus was hanging out with the toughest people, um, and all the religious mindset people were accusing Jesus. Why would he hang out? The story of Zacchaeus is classic. It's like Zacchaeus, this tax collector, he was a he was a, a criminal, really, like stealing from people. Uh, that's what he was doing, and the religious people. Uh, Jesus comes to this town. And he goes, I'm going to Zacchaeus's house. You know, I'm going to go hang out with him. And in that, in Zacchaeus's house, he, he has a whole heart change and pays back everybody that he ever stole from. And he's like, I'll give four times, like I'll give four times back, like whatever it takes, you know? So one meal with Jesus, amazing, you know? But I, everybody on the outside, the religious people are going, why in the world is Jesus, especially if he's claiming to be the son of God, hanging with these criminals, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's something to that. How do we, how do we live that way, mm-hmm. uh, without falling into the trap of living right, right, like totally. those the criminals or those you know? It's not everybody. Not everybody's a criminal, but right. like, <laughs> sure. uh, just w- without falling away from the Lord or having some of our foundation crack, you know? Um, yeah, it's just it's just a thought. Like, and again, it just makes me almost in awe of how your parents have handled like your upbringing and the freedom, but also the care and the prayer for mm-hmm. your life. And again, you, you, it, you've come out of this solidified, you know, and life's not over, but we keep moving forward. Like, and your faith is strong, you know, which is amazing. So 
I'm just talking a lot about your parents. Yeah, they're great. Let's, I know. Let's keep doing it though, because uh, a couple of years ago, your your mom got a pretty tough accident, yep, and yep. so I love just share just the journey of what your family's been on going through. I mean, she's still alive and she's doing yeah. well. There have been some miracle moments as well. Yeah, yeah a lot of them. Uh, but yeah, what happened? So basically, um, my parents were up in the mountains in Denver um, yep. about a year, coming up on two years now, I guess. Um, but yeah, my mom has never really been big like action sports or anything yeah, kind yeah. of person. Um, but they were they wanted they're going snowmobiling, yeah, um, and wanted my mom to try it. So she kind of hopped on and was gonna just go around the neighborhood a little bit or in like the little cul de sac. Um, yeah. And again, it's up in the mountains, so there's a lot of snow up there and stuff. Um, but she, you know, hit the acceleration and um, kind of jumped, so she kind of. Yeah instinctively just hit it harder yeah. um so just kind of full speed yep. went right off snowbank and then um right into a, like head first into a tree um so yeah it's like it's pretty where, crazy where because were you when you got that call um so i was in seattle um i was at a at a bar watching the seahawks playoff game with yep. with uh was actually had a couple buddies out there yep. uh, you know matt Pawson. I kind of think I he. I don't know if I know him. Um, so he was out there, and then a couple of my other buddies. But um, I just remember I got the call, um, and my dad was just like, you know, extremely shaken up, and yeah, um, like so I didn't know. Like the way the way he left it, I like didn't know if she was even gonna. Make which it. I mean, he didn't know. You know, he didn't yeah. know either at that time. Um, like it had just happened. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so it was cool. Uh, Matt kind of came and just like grabbed all of us and we just in the middle of the bar just like prayed there and um but yeah it's again it's also there's it was like the worst thing that could happen but there's so so much like in that time that happened that was like happened to go right yeah um so like I was in Seattle my sister was in Seattle so I just we were able to catch a flight like together yep um like eight hours later or something. Um, then it was like, again, she, if she would have hit it a little more, had on, she had a, one of those huge helmets on that just yeah. like shattered. If she would have hit it more straight on, probably either would be dead or paralyzed. Yeah. Um, happened just like landing like a couple feet of snow versus on the, on the pavement. Yeah. Um, and then it was just like the guy whose house it was at was just like, on top of it, like yeah, him and my dad basically just like kind of went alongside her and like made sure because you know I didn't know if you her neck was broken. Yeah, yeah. Yep, um, and just kind of essentially coached her through breathing that whole time because um, again they're up in the mountains, so um, they're waiting for the ambulance. And he like he was like, no, we need like we need an airlift um, yeah. for that. And it was like there just happened to be a, a fight for life or flight for life. Um, helicopter going like that was just like passing by and, no. and they were done for the day. They were day. just flying home? Yeah, they were like done for the day and it was like, you know, going back to base. I think it, yeah, which was a couple hours. Like if it would have been, if they would have been back, I mean, it probably, again, you never know. Um, but they took her down um, in the, in the um, ambulance and then actually shut down the highway, transferred her into the helicopter and then... Um, Got her to the hospital. And then again, it's like the, well, she was in, she was in the, um, urgent or the, uh, emergency room for a month. Um, wow. and it was like the first week was just like, I mean, she couldn't you talk. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, had the, had like a breathing tube and, um, all that stuff. And, um, yeah, it was tough. Like just, especially like seeing my dad like that too. Um, yeah. just like, you know so so shaken up and um but again like we were able to be out there as a family right away yeah um and all be together um like my sister was pregnant at the time um yeah. and she was able to it was like she was able to be out there that first month basically wow. um but yeah it was it was a lot of just kind of like waiting and not knowing were you out there um, that whole month yeah so yeah. i just um you canceled everything yeah i just i stayed for that first like so she's in she's in like um yep. the emergency or whatever um 
for like a month and then transferred to this Craig hospital, which is, yeah. so again, this is, that was what I was going to get to is like the head, spinal and brain. Um, so she had a brain injury. Yeah. So it's like 15 minutes from their house. So, no. um, they, they basically send somebody to kind of go check on patients in the ER and, um, the big, like they said, the biggest things are like, um, patient support or their, um, health before the accident. Yeah. And then like kind of the support system around them. Yeah. Um, is how they pick basically who, cause they only have a limited number of beds at this place. Yeah. Um, and I mean, my dad was there from five, six AM till 1 AM every, cause they wouldn't let him sleep there after yeah. like the first night. Wow. Um, and then my sister and I would kind of switch back, um, rotating, yeah. being there and then taking care of my sister as a, um, had a son or yeah, yeah. already had a son at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we were taking, you know, switching off, taking care of him and, and all that. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a definitely a tough time. Um, yeah. but also again, I think that another time that really grew my faith and again, yeah. um, having a support system. Yeah. Um, Ethan and Sam were like huge during that time yep. for me. Um, like talk to them basically every day. Um, just, you know, getting, you know, talking about it, whatnot, yeah. uh, praying together, yep. stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I stayed out there for that first month. Then once, once she got transitioned into the other hospital, it was a lot, it was more of like the rehab and, yep. Yep. um, so I actually came back, flew back, um, and drove my car back out with Ethan yeah, yeah. so I could yeah, remember, get all my yeah. uh, inventory and stuff for my business. Yep. Um, and Coop uh, basically like ran everything while I was gone and just yeah. was shipping everything from my house back home and, yep. and stuff like that. So that was like super helpful. Yep. Um, but yeah, then so I was total like three months in the hospital. Wow. Um, but it was, it was so crazy like to go from like the emergency to this um, like rehab facility essentially. And it yeah. was just like, I mean, when she went in there, couldn't, couldn't talk, couldn't, couldn't do anything. Um, and she had to get a, a trach, trach yep. in. So that was part of it. Um, but it was like in the first couple of days of being in this, um, this like brain rehab. Yep. Um, it was like, went from not like, started being able to talk and was just kind of like all over the place. Didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So like two months later, like, you know, almost back to normal. Back which is, to herself. I no mean, she, she's pretty, it's, it's like crazy. Cause like when it first happened, it was like, um, they said, you know, you, you just don't know with brain injuries, what you're going to get back and yeah. don't know if, you know, not recognize you or um, yeah. stuff like that. So that was my, my dad was pretty like. That'll With mess that. you up, yeah. No, um, but she, I mean, from the jump, like she was even even when she couldn't like talk or anything, um, yeah. was you could tell like, and there she she could before she had to get because uh, about a weekend they had to reintubate her, um, which that was probably honestly the hardest day other than like that first one because it was yeah. like, you know, just didn't know, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah, when they're doing that, are you kind of like thinking we got to say goodbye just in case type thing? Um, I would say that maybe a little bit on those days, but it was like it was it was crazy because like I would have thought that I would be more. Um, I felt like I felt pretty calm overall in the whole yeah. situation, um, and pretty like I don't know. I remember talking to Ethan about it a lot, just being like. I had never would have expected something like this to happen, you know, yeah. to someone this close to me. And like, never did it cross my mind. Like, why, like, why did this happen? Or like, it was always, yeah. you know, it was always like, she's still here. She's still kicking it. She's still yep. progressing. Yeah. Um, so that was like, I mean, ha again, having that foundation, having those people around was yeah. like very helpful in that situation too. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just going through all that and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely it's crazy though, like how from that, like I've had had a lot of people, um, like a lot of friends 
that texted me like at one one or two that were like I haven't prayed in years, but like I know that's what you believe, and that's like I'm I'm praying for you right now. And wow, um, I mean it's just like insane how much like um, from the Caring Bridge that my dad did. Yep, um, just like the response on that, and just how many people. Um, and it's it's funny like. I remember when my mom was like first getting home, she was like, wow, like this is all this, um, like response, uh, support. And she's like, that makes me want to be like one of those people. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, that's why these people are showing you the support and loving you so much is because that you are that person. Like, yes. Um, she's all, she just is always like wants to help out. And yeah. Um, and like even just like right, right after being done at the hospital and stuff. And, um, but yeah, again, it's like, it's crazy. Um, like I had no idea where she would be a year into it. Yeah. Two years into it, whatever. Um, and she's like already way beyond what I like would have thought, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I talked to her, uh, whatever it was a few weeks ago or a couple mm. months ago when they're in town and you, you wouldn't know. I mean, she's, yeah. she's high energy yeah. and like so nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, she like gave me a big old hug. Oh like, yeah, it's like <laughs> the nicest. Like such a great mom. Uh, so yeah, it's just it is a miracle mm-hmm. the fact that she's alive. And again, I love what you're saying that in those moments, it's the worst moments. You know, kind of like when you're standing on your own in faith, living in that house. You know, like those are two tough moments in life. Uh, but again, it can either take people off the rails or it can solidify their faith. And I just don't know, I don't know the the what the difference is. And I think it's a personal thing to each person. Like, mm-hmm. but for you, both of those situations pushed you into solidifying that you know that God's real. Mm-hmm. You know that He's rescued you. You know that He's doing a miracle in your mom's life, in your life. You know that that's who you want to give glory to, like in in your business, your success. That you, the reason why you're trying to be light in the dark, you know, and not running from that. Uh, yeah. And I just don't know what that is in people that, you know, you, you know, we could be sitting here and it could be a different person. And it's like, when you were on your own, it took you off the rails. When your mom got an accident, took you off the rails, you know? So I don't know if you have an answer to what that is on the inside that makes you lean one way or the other besides, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, I would say just being raised with that faith and being like so confident in it. Um, I would say it's part of it, I guess. Yeah. No, totally. Um, I'm with you. But yeah, I, I, and again, having that support system, it's like, yeah, I think, I don't know how anyone could go through that without having like people. Yeah. Not in, and not only just people, but just like, well, people in general, but like yeah. just, you know, people of faith and people from that have, you know. Oh, yeah. That, it's just like, Jesus, yeah, praying for you, it calling you. Really makes a difference. Just like having that um, confidence, I guess. In, yeah. Um, in that healing power versus, yeah. you know, just like, well, hope, you know, hope she gets better. Yeah. Like thinking about you. Which is, you know, that's, it's still like, that still means a lot to like hear that from somebody, but, um, I don't know. It's just like a different, there's a a different level, like having someone pray for you. It literally is a different power. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It is a different power. That's amazing. Dude, I, man, yeah, the journey, the story and your upbringing, uh, is, it's amazing. Uh, going back to your business and what you're building, uh, I asked you this earlier, but even just. Uh, going into it again like yeah what are you hoping for this next season I mean you you could be in you could be in stores you could Mm -hmm. be I mean and you are I mean you got your own store but um, I mean what what route do you want to take this business down Um, and even outside the business what are you hoping for for your life over the next few years for sure Um, I would say as far as the business um, so I have two two more years at at the shop yeah and I'm kind of like in between on how I want to go. Yep. Um, if I want to do more wholesaling to other stores or do more of like pop-ups and yep. um, my own stores and, yep. and stuff in the future. Um, I think I'd rather go more 
on to that side and be able to have yeah. um just e- essentially more creative control with yeah. that um and not really have to like keep up with what other stores are yeah. wanting necessarily um so i think that's part of it like just yeah. Doing more, more of the pop ups, more um, like yeah, events like at the shop, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just like creating an experience too, yep. um, which is something I haven't done as much as I would like to. Yep. Um, like especially with the shop. No, you more, do, you events. do create experiences. No, I know, I know, but just uh, like yeah, your pop ups, like you got DJs in there, and you got uh, I saw on Instagram the last oh, one, yeah, you had a basketball, pop, yeah, yeah. One, basketball competition, some more stuff like that, more stuff like that. Like yeah, had the bro. little pop a shot and. Um, yeah, just pop just, a shot. <laughs> so like a little contest. Yeah, who won? Oh, Ethan clean clean house. Chefy, man. I think he was the only one to get over 100, and he had like three or four over 100. Yeah, but I wasn't there. Uh, I missed it, but I, I would have won. I, so. I agree. I think so, too. All right. So fight, <laughs> fighting words for Chef. He'll listen to this. Um, but yeah, then um, I, I would like to start, well, Doing the out of state pop ups, but then eventually doing out of country. Yeah. Um, stuff like I, I was just at Complex Con, uh, yep. which is just a big uh, music and clothing yep. convention, essentially. Yep. Um, so having like a booth of that type of thing. Um, yes. Doing more, again, just more like event experience type yeah, stuff just totally. to not only have like a clothing piece to provide to somebody, but you know, an experience. Give yeah. them, yeah. Give them to be able to connect with other people. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have a have a feeling that goes with it. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that is your heart for people. Like I think creating a brand and a product and all that, and you could do the wholesale thing, and it's very much business. Uh, but there's something in you, and my guess is it has to do with your faith and how you're raised. This whole thing, following Jesus, has everything to do with people. So, making a difference in people's lives. Uh, and there's a lot of nice people out there that aren't living for Jesus, and they're good people, and they care about people. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying with faith, I bet you it's because of the way you were raised and who your parents are that, yeah, you want to create an experience for people. It's not enough just to do business. It's mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. just enough to make money uh, or to be a recognized brand, but to create an experience for people. And so I appreciate it. About, I mean, if that's the direction you go, I appreciate that conviction to 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 stick to that because um it just it's about people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's just easier like just to be able to tell the story. That's part of also yeah. I would say is like getting there you the go. story Genius. more behind it. Yes. Um too. Yeah, you're right. And just telling that story more. I don't yeah. think I've done Why is it called a good Jeopardy enough goods? job? Why is it called yeah, like what's the yeah. Uh and I think you have done a good job by the way. For sure, for sure. But uh, I, I, I just think there's a lot know. more that could be done totally. essentially. Um, totally. And dude, as this as this thing continues to explode, let me know how I can help on that faith side and tell mm-hmm. the story. Seriously, because yeah, I'm yeah, all totally. about that's partly what this podcast is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean yeah. there there is it's not just it's not just me putting it on that. Like you that's why you started it, you know? And uh and that's what you're doing. And so I think that's true. Doing the more experienced thing allows you to share the story of you know, there is a good shepherd out there, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and you have proof, uh, partly because of your own life, but partly because of what your mom went through. Yep, yep. There's a good shepherd out there, you know? Yeah, um, for sure. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Dude, I, I appreciate you so much. Yeah. yeah Thanks for being you, on the, man. On the yeah, podcast. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, two quick questions as for we sure. close. Uh, what's your, what's your favorite book of all time? If you got a favorite book. Mm, that's a good one. I like that question. Um, Hmm. I would say I have a couple at this point. I've yep. I've always I read um and I can't even think of the name of it now because it's like a bunch it's like poor, broke, like broken Rich Dad, Poor Dad? No, no, no. It's this um it's so it's a rapper. Um there's two brothers that were that were rappers yeah, that, yeah. that were in a group called the Clips. Yeah. And Pusha T and then yep. uh, Malice is yep. the other one. We'll um, find this book and put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Cause I, it's, I'm blanking on the name right now, but, um, it's, it's like basically of his story. He went, they went from, I mean, their whole rap, uh, like they rapped about basically selling drugs, essentially yeah. was their main selling Coke and yeah. moving Coke. And then, 
It um, might not be in the show notes. No, but so so it, no, it yeah. goes from his transition of of that and being a you know at the top of the rap world to wow. finding faith and um, now he's a Christian rapper and really changed his name from Malice to No Malice and um, yeah, no way. So it's cool. It's it's a really like it's it's cool for me to see that. Um, yeah, just being in that world and uh, or just you know. Sing. What's it? Tissel's over there. It's called what? Wretched? Yes, Wretched, Pitiful, Blind, and Naked. Yeah. That's the one. Wow. <laughs> wretched, one. Pitiful, Blind, and Naked. That's the title so of it. So, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very interesting um, book. And, again, it's I really like um, like autobiographies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, like, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They always intrigue With me. stories of people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, that um, I really enjoyed that one, um, nice. again, because I just... Uh, did you were you about to say a second favorite? Um, I really liked um, Brian Houston's. Was it live live love, love lead. lead? Yeah, that yeah. one. I really like that one. Yeah. Um, I just started Atomic Habits, which I'm yep. really excited about. Yeah. Um, I think James Clear, I believe, is the guy okay. that wrote it. Yeah. Um, and then I just started Carl Lentz's book as well. On the moment. Yep. That's great. So I'm kind of in between great those book. two right now. Yeah. But those, I would say those, um, yeah, those, those are I know you're like, the first guest out of the first 18 to name four books. Uh, I could keep, I, I like, I wish I read more. Like I'm a pretty slow reader. No, it's <laughs> so good. like, but I, but I, especially when I find one that like, yeah, if you like it, I like, I yeah, consume it. Yeah. But yeah. Second question. Here you go. Uh, I'm, I'm going to frame it up uh, as specific as I can. Uh, normally, I just leave it general, but the specific uh, somebody that's following in your footsteps. What's one piece of advice you'd give them? But I'll, I'll take it this way: somebody that is listening now, they were maybe raised in a Christian home, and uh, they're they're living uh, in some dark places. Some some and and they would say they want to be light in the dark, but right now where they're at, uh, they're not. They're they're just being dark in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to that person that they know they know because of how they were raised, but they're they're really just being dark in the dark. How how to flip that switch? What what's what's yeah? What's one piece of advice? Um, I would say the biggest is just finding people to surround yourself with. Yeah. Um, like that's been huge for me. I, I feel like every time that I kind of start slipping, it's um, it's, you chef, know, it's chefs find, on you. Find, find, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's that's when I really feel like I kind of just get rejuvenated um, yeah. hanging out with people like Ethan. Um, yeah. Stuff like that where it's, you know, having those conversations about, you know, stuff that's a little deeper sometimes. and Yeah. Um, about faith. and Because, um, again, if, you know, if you're going into those, which, I you know, I've been, been there, it's like you're going into those settings and you're surrounded by all people that are, yeah. you know, in those settings too so it's like um finding that balance uh, yeah because also i think it's like if you are too far the other way and only hang out with just christian friends and it's you know you're not you, gotta be, like you have to be able to relate to when you go into those rooms be able to relate to them in in some ways as well i think 100 percent. so so yeah it's not just it's not just you could be dark in, in the dark. There's also a bunch of people trying to be the brightest where it's the lightest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, I would, I would also that's s- not accomplishing the mission either. Right, right. I would also say, um, like, being in those settings, like, having somebody with you with the same beliefs and... Um, not rolling alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's probably one of the biggest. Just, yeah. again, the... Having those, having that support system around you, um, and and just knowing, having that foundation as well, knowing yeah. what you believe, going into those situations, knowing what you believe, yeah, um, yeah, and, not, and essentially just yeah. not not compromising those. Um, yep. Yo, I think it's brilliant. That's great advice. Thanks, Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank I you. love you, bro. Love you too, bro. For real. Sponsor me. Oh, he's Shepherd Shepherd Goods, dude. Oh yeah, he's no. I'm gonna, I'll pay it, dude. I'm I'm in, dude. <laughs> I did wear I did wear a sweatshirt. I know, on I know Bri- yeah. Brian Ingram's episode. I know, I know. So yeah. go check so that out, and you can go buy that. Them. You can go buy sure. that at sglambchops.com. Sure, sure. Go do it up. Love you, bro. I love you too.
If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can also follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at exceptionpodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Friday. If you know someone who is an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Until next time, remember, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace. Peace.